Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins tonight on 630 Chad Inside Sports. Reed taking the week off. Brendan Escott will be in the chair tomorrow and Thursday as I'm heading off to Hamilton tomorrow. The Jays in the end of the fourth inning are up on the Boston Red Sox by a score of 4-1. to one. So uh, having a good series uh, so far against the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Memorial Cup finalist tomorrow, the host St. John Seadogs will t- play the uh, Hamilton Bulldogs for uh, the championship. Be pretty cool to see a championship handed out finally in the Canadian uh, Major Junior uh, since 2019. Elks, by the way, announced a series of moves today. They added Brian Cole, a linebacker who... Uh, has uh, some experience in the NFL. He was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, 249th in the 2020 draft. Also had since with the Dolphins and Panthers dressed for preseason games uh, with the latter in 2021. Uh, pretty good player at Mississippi State in 2018 and 2019. Uh, but he's been added to the practice roster, as has uh, Caleb Holly. Receivers played in one game, and Ethan McConzo, the brother of Enoch McConzo, the fourth overall pick of the Elks in this year's draft. Also, uh, Edmonton plays Mark David uh, bien Ami, an offensive lineman on the suspended list. All this means is uh, he's a draft pick, and you know if you release a player that you drafted in this league, then you lose the rights. It seems a little kind of backwards. Um, but anyway, it's been like that forever, and they should really change it. But so it's not a so it's not a he did something bad type suspension. It's no. a cap management type thing. Exactly. Mm, it's it's okay. basically, in this case, it is to secure and hang on to the rights of a, of a player. You know, sometimes you'll put a player on suspended list because they didn't report when they were supposed to, especially in training camp. Uh, so they were supposed to report, didn't, or they left the team and didn't tell the team. <laughs> that happens Fair enough. occasionally yeah. too. Um, or they just say, look, I got to go home for a while. I mean, I have a family situation. Um, I got to go home and, you know, I would like to come back, but I don't know if I come back and gotcha. the team will yep. place that player unsuspended. And that's the only way you can really protect your asset and really protect uh, the rights of a, of a, of a player. So, because there's no entry level contract in this league, even though there is a minimum salary, there isn't an entry level contract Mm. for, for draft picks. There probably should be. Um, It's kind of silly that there isn't. I read this story and by the way, at Wimbledon today, uh, good day for uh, a couple of Canadians. Bianca Andreescu, second round for the first time in her career. A 2019 U.S. Open champion wrote a dominant first set, 6-1-6-3 over an American, Emina Bektas today. And uh, Denis Shapovalov, 13th seed, broke a six-match losing streak, moved on with a five-set win over a French opponent. Felix Auger-Alessiem, not so 
uh, fortunate, upset in four sets by an American opponent. At the uh, Wilton Tennis Club in London, England, of course, Wimbledon taking place in London as well. Uh, Kellen, you won't believe this. They are Mm. testing out getting rid of ball boys and ball girls and replacing them with dogs. Hmm. <laughs> I made you speechless. That's that's second time that's tonight with cool. that. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Amazing. <laughs> so the test was is our dogs quicker than humans? So here's what they found out. Yes, they retrieved the balls at an alarming greater speed. It is very, very efficient how fast they get the ball back. They go to the side. All good, except when you want the ball back and put it back in play. Uh, The dogs were not very quick and really interested in giving the ball up, except for one scenario, and you know what probably that is. If they got a treat, they would drop the ball, of course. So... They found out that, in fact, humans are quicker than dogs overall in uh, ball retrieval. So ball boys, ball girls, they're not going anywhere. And, like, I don't know. If I'm a tennis player, I love dogs. So, But we know dogs are um, a little gross. So among all the things you hear tennis umpires say then in the future, if, if they do institute uh, canine services during said matches and whatever you know you hear you know love 30 love 15 whatever you might also hear them say well who let the dogs out who let the dogs out i I am almost speechless right now except i'm not because i'm speaking um that is brilliant callan kennedy two to one two to one tonight you got you still got me by one here dave well done well um i gotta compose myself because uh, I got to talk to a fellow who is pretty, uh, who had a pretty cool job, and that is covering the 2002 Stanley, 2022 Stanley Cup champion, uh, Colorado Avalanche, Connor McGahee. Thanks for being on the show, and you're probably on cloud 999 or higher. <laughs> hey, a lot of clouds to be on, and uh, yeah, it's an amazing experience. Um, it, it's no wonder that when every player is asked to put it into words, they can't because. It's what I do for a living, and I can't either. So it's yeah. uh, it's been a very blessed week uh, or the last couple of days, anyhow, uh, after uh, winning it there Sunday night in Tampa. It's always cool in, in you know in in the position that we're in. I mean, you got to call their games. Uh, you know, you feel a part of it. I mean, I remember covering the uh, the Edmonton football team's Grey Cup win back in 2015 sure. in Winnipeg, and you feel kind of a part of it, and you end up getting a little bling out of it, and that's cool too. But <laughs> uh, yeah, but just like like how special was this group to to follow throughout the season, and then a 16 and four run in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, on the way to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's 72 wins, Dave, in between playoffs and the regular season. Oh. Time for the most all-time with the 76-77 Canadiens, the 95-96 Detroit Red Wings, and the 83-84 Edmonton Oilers. That's um, good company. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, especially that last part. Um, so, yeah, this team, there was just something about them earlier in the year. And I've said on, on numerous occasions that that Game 6 exit versus Vegas – may have done more to fuel this year than anything else because we we saw and heard Nathan McKinnon and his uh, his disbelief and and despair and 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 eventually determination to come back and win and they did that and they they were able to 
put different types of guys into the mix that that helped and contributed in, in huge ways. I mean, Cogliano might have been the last guy through central registry at the trade deadline, but he joins the Avalanche, plays a huge part. Darren Helm signed as a free agent before the season. Mm-hmm. Jack Johnson was a PTO. Josh Manson, Arturi Lekkinen had four game-winning goals uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Sorry, I don't mean to bring it up. Uh, game four, <laughs> you know sorry. Happened, I yes. know, I know, but those are, those are the facts. The, the point is, is that this group had just, they had a feeling about them and if you could feel it outside of the room they could feel it inside and and speaking of uh, Andrew Cogliano he said you know I've been a part of a lot of teams but this one had probably the most special feel about it and there's something to be said for why a team like that could go on and win the Stanley Cup uh, you know uh, there, there's a lot of places that we could we could jump to for this run but I'm just going to talk about recent history here I'm going to talk about the game five loss mm-hmm. where Tampa played their best game of the series. They basically said, totally. we're just not going to give you the puck. We're just going to keep it in your own end and just hang out there for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone felt, oh, here we go. Here's here's the, the gray beards, grizzled old veteran, two-time Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, who have played the most playoff games since the bubble back on August the 1st here in Edmonton in 2020. Oh, going back home now. And then what happens? Oh, Steven Stamko scores a, a goal early. It's one nothing. And then after that, there was no Tampa Bay Lightning in sight near the net. It was an amazing performance how this team was able to kind of rally up. Because I honestly thought, Connor, I honestly thought we were playing Game 7 tonight. I really <laughs> Well, I know that they didn't want to play Game 7. And everyone was talking about history repeating, but frankly, so are the Avalanche. And you only have to go back to two series before because they have a chance to close out the series on home ice in game five versus the St. Louis Blues. That was the Nathan McKinnon hat trick game where he goes coast to coast to get the game winner with two minutes left. St. Louis still scores, and then they score in overtime uh, to win and take it back to st louis for game six eerily similar and the avalanche were able to win game six in that series and i think they told themselves that they could do it in this series as well um and the avalanche's most dominant game of the playoffs was game two where they beat the lightning seven nothing and tampa just never had the puck the entire time the the puck was just on the avalanche's tape uh tampa only got 16 shots on goal in that game and you're right when stamco scores from the low slot that was the only slot shot of the entire hockey game for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Incredible. I, right? And and everyone wants to talk about the offense for the Colorado Avalanche, and they should. Uh, it, it's one of the highest scoring offenses in, in the playoffs in recent memory, but it's the, it's the old joke of the progressive uh, insurance commercial down here. Next thing I know, I'm telling complete strangers that defense wins championships. Uh, <laughs> but the Avalanche knew that they had to have a period like that to win. And once they got the lead off the Arturi Lekkinen goal, they knew they had to, to have that type of third period. And Tampa didn't have a shot on goal in the third for 10 minutes and 13 seconds. And then they only had four the entire time. Their best chance was the Kucherov one-timer. And Darcy Kemper arguably made his best save of the season there Mm -hmm. to seal the deal for the Avalanche. So they knew that they had to bring everything together for the third period to win. And they did it. They had another flawless performance the way that they had in game number two in all three periods. Really, the entire second half of that hockey game. 
Voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahey, joining us uh, tonight on 6.30 Chet Inside Sports to talk about the Avalanche uh, breaking a, uh, was it 21-year drought? Uh, last Stanley yeah. Cup championship was 2001. Where were you, Connor McGahey, when the Avs won <laughs> the Cup the last time out? <laughs> well, I was... Uh... I was watching from afar, but being born and raised here in in uh, Colorado, we had a choice to go to game one or game seven. And you never know if you're going to make it to game seven. So we chose game one, mm-hmm. which w- was still good, but it would have been fun to be there for game seven when Ray Borg hosted the, hoisted the cup on home ice. Uh, but, uh, but watching on the television set, you could still feel the, the pure emotion. Um, and, and in my opinion, one of the best Stanley Cup moments ever when when Joe turns and, and hands the cup right to Ray Bork, who had um, waited 22 years to win it. And so here we are 21 years later, and the Avalanche had their third cup. Um, and a team that a lot of people are comparing to that 01 team. Mm-hmm. In 2001, they win the President's Trophy. Um they had really gone back and forth with the Detroit Red Wings when it came to the Western Conference Final uh, and the Dallas Stars, to be honest. They had lost to Dallas the two previous years in the Western Conference Final, and then they were able to break through finally um, with really the best version of those teams. And you can see some parallels with this Colorado team as they win the President's Trophy last year. Uh, The expectations are there. They just couldn't do it. And now, as... Landis Gog has said a couple of times, you know, when you win and you're expected to win, it's almost harder to do than when you're not expected to win. So yeah. the Avalanche have been the cup favorites all year long and uh, they were able to seal the deal. And that says, again, a lot about that group. Okay, we're about, what, five, seven minutes into this interview, into this conversation. I haven't brought up Kale McCarr yet. Um, <laughs> now, I believe, yeah, I said it last night on the show, third defenseman in, in Stanley Cup playoff history, or in, 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 yeah, I guess in NHL history too, the, yeah. to win a Conn Smythe and a Norris trophy. The last player to do that was Nick Lidstrom 20 years ago. The first player we all know, Bobby Orr. Bobby and he's Orr been did it twice. Bobby. Yep. Yeah, twice. That's right. And Kale McCart's been compared to, uh, to, to Bobby Orr. But you look at it like Hobie Baker, Calder, Norris, Conn Smythe, Stanley Cup champion, and he's only 23. This is frightening and also special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, frightening and special at the same time. And Landis Gog had joked last night uh, or two nights ago and asked, you know, how what can teams do to build themselves and be like the Colorado Avalanche. And he said, well, just go out and get yourself a Kale McCarr. Like they're available at the supermarket. Um, and they're not, as as we have seen, because every conversation, Dave, when it comes to his numbers, his records, his playoff production, anything is always involved with uh, Paul Coffey, with uh, Brian Leach, with uh, Bobby Orr, with uh, Nick Lidstrom, with some of the all-time great defensemen. And I don't think there's any doubt that that's what Kiel McCarr will be. I also think he will be a face of the National Hockey League because we talk about, uh, at least nowadays, it used to be Crosby, Ovechkin, and now we talk about Matthews, McDavid, obviously, without a doubt, McKinnon. And I do think that Kale McCarr, because of his accomplishments, because of how he plays the game, because of how he is forcing really the conversation to turn for how you attack and defend in the National Hockey League, I think his his name is going to be have to be mentioned when you when it comes to the game's all-time greats um so it's been a good week for him he's won three trophies in a matter of days and uh and yeah he's uh 
he's going to need a, a bigger uh, rec room for for all that hardware. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. It's Connor McGahey, <laughs> voice of the Stanley Cup champion. Colorado Avalanche joins us here on 630 Gen Inside Sports. Kate, one more for you. Um, I feel that every team in a Stanley Cup playoff journey to, to a cup can take something from every series. And I mean, you only lost the, the teams only the team only lost four times, but the Oilers series specifically, it was a sweep. It's probably closer than a sweep, but is there anything yeah. that the Avs took from that series against the Oilers that really kind of helped them in the, uh, in the series of the, the Stanley Cup final with the lightning? Well, I, I think they, learned how to defend superstars and Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. I know Dreisaitl was not 100%, um, but I, I I just know that that was a point of emphasis as any, as it should be for any team that's playing Edmonton. Uh, I mean, it was a series that we all wanted to watch because of that, because of the star power on the ice. But the Avalanche had to, to, to go at this and approach this in a way to say, okay, we need to shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl because if we don't, uh, we're going to turn into the Calgary Flames and we don't want to do that. But at the same time, we have to be able to play our game and attack because we are an attack-minded team. And so the lessons that they learned from doing that, I think they were able to apply for the most part to, I know what we just talked about, Stamkos scoring in game six there, but Nikita Kucherov only has one goal in the Stanley Cup final. Mm -hmm. uh, and it comes uh, on, the, on the power play on a four on three, uh, a nice goal to be sure, but it, one of the most clutch scores in recent memory, especially in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and Colorado was able to keep him at bay for the most part. Um, you could say the same for Stamkos. I thought he had a great series, uh, less able to defend him, but I, I just think that when it came to the challenge of defending McDavid and Dreisaitl, they were able to take those lessons and apply them to the superstars of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, just a great story um, all around. I mean, what a run, 16-4. and four, That's pretty dominant. <laughs> and the parade's on Thursday, so enjoy that. And enjoy your off-season, Connor. You've earned it. And thank you for your time here in Inside Sports, and we can't wait to have you back. It's always my pleasure. Love, uh, love coming on, love, love coming to Edmonton. So uh, can't wait to see you guys soon. Thank you. One of Reed and I's favorite guests on this show, Connor McC Connor McGahey, play-by-play voice for the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche on Altitude Sports Radio. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Red Sox score a run, top of the fifth inning, so they have cut the Blue Jays' lead to 4-2. Well, uh, if you think winning the Stanley Cup or losing the Stanley Cup without winning a Stanley Cup is painful, uh, Steven Stamko says, i got a scenario for you. How about having won it and then not winning it? That isn't any fun either. It's almost harder to, to wrap your head around when you know the feeling of winning. You know, you know what... Colorado's doing right now and what's upcoming in the next couple of weeks like it's almost better you know to not know that feeling because you don't know what you're missing right and you don't know until you do it and this group has, has done it most of us have done it the past couple of years so that's the really hard part is knowing what they get to experience and share and live with for the next you know year really um and we don't have that anymore. So that's 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 tough. So Steven Stamkos, ignorance is bliss. Well, they know the feeling of winning the Stanley Cup because it happened twice in 
back-to-back uh, -back seasons, 2020 and 2021. Hey, by the way, uh, head down to Ice District on July 1st and celebrate Canada Day in the Plaza, where your Canadian colors proudly and enjoy live entertainment, food, beverages, photo ops, roving characters, axe-throwing, patio games, and more, all from 3 until 11 p.m. Edmonton's own stereos will be taken to the stage at 9.15 p.m. to close out the epic Ice District Canada Day celebration. Next hour, Bob Stoffer from Oilers Now and the color analyst on the Oilers Radio Network just kind of gets you set up for what will be a busy couple of weeks in the National Hockey League and how the Oilers uh, kind of shape up. And then looking forward to this, Ahir uh, Aguak, forward from the Edmonton Stingers, played in the NCAA for Loyola, Chicago, and uh, had a good run in the tournament a couple years ago. Went to the Sweet 16. Ruined my bracket. Anyway, that other teams probably ruined my bracket as well. <laughs> Inside Sports, Dave Camlin for Reed Wilkins tonight. It's a Tuesday evening. Back in a moment. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.